Welcome, friends, to Radio Free Muncie, broadcasting from the back of a van somewhere in the Muncie greater metropolitan area, and your source for reviews and discussion of the Knights of the Dinner Table comic created by Jolly Blackburn, published by Kenzer & Company. So jump onto your Vespa, ride down to the games pit, crack open your dice bag, and grab a character sheet. It's game on. Alright, as soon as we can get Steve back in here, we'll start uh, part two. Okay, there he is. Open the door. Got me a tangerine white claw. You guys are jealous, I can tell. You can see it on your faces. Can't believe we're sitting right here at the Guardian Brewery where they have magical brews like Game Night Fist Fight, New England IPA, uh, and you are and you got a White Claw. That's because I can't drink IPA, man. I hate it. Yeah, I'm not a big IPA. It's like, you know, the microbreweries, half the, half the beers are IPAs. It's yeah. ridiculous. They're just really trendy. I've, I've tried IPAs, and they just taste good. They're just something about them. Yeah. So what are we on? Conquer and Destiny. Or, con- no, Conquer and Deny. Based on a story by Christopher Heath and Ned Allen. Have you guys noticed that, like, every single strip is is based on a story by someone else? Yep. I know. Yeah, I noticed on this on this issue there's a lot, yeah. of, a lot of like that. more so. I don't think I don't think Jolly has um, the writing credit on any of them, or at least he didn't put his name. Obviously, he's turning the idea into a yeah, yeah. comic strip, right? So, um, but uh, he didn't put his yeah. name on the top. Yeah, his name's not on any of these. So. Conquer and deny they're playing risque, not risk. Yeah, right? risque. And I the thing I thought was funny, like right out of the bat. So BA is like, I just need a break because I'm sick of uh uh I can't go five minutes playing Hackmaster without someone arguing over a rule call, right? And uh and he says they're contradictory. And of course, Brian points out that only 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 23% of the Hackmaster rules are contradictory. So yeah. it's not too bad. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but then, in the very at the bottom of the page, he's like, oh, I spruced up the game by adding a bunch of other rules. And yeah. Things. Like, wait a minute. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, you don't want to argue about rules, so you make up a bunch of rules that you know everybody's going to fight over? Um, he, he's his own worst yeah. enemy. He... Dude, that's just it. He is his own worst enemy in all of these situations. Yeah. Like, this game I mean, is nukes great. and mutant armies? Come on. Yeah. It's, it sounds fun, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, he's going to go into the same territory that he was in with Hackmaster. Oh, yeah. Yep. And of course, as soon as the game starts, all these people making these quick packs. Yep. And the double crossing starts and. Did you notice though that Brian is talking trash? He's like, "Oh, oh in yeah. fairness, I'll take fifty percent of my starting earnings." Yeah. But then the first thing he does, he sneaks off with BA to form an alliance. Yeah. So, whatever, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and while they're off talking, to it doesn't. They don't pull the wool over anybody's eyes. I realize what's going on. So Bob and Dave immediately start packing up, and Sarah's like, "Well, I guess this means I'm cannon fodder this game." Yeah, which is foreshadowing. And what is Yav Yavau Mein Comrade Il Duchy? I think that's supposed to be some combination of German and Italian, like Il Duce and Yavo. Yavo um, Mein Comrade, yeah. But I mean it's kind of German Russian Yeah. German Russian and Italian. <laughs> yeah, it's a mix. Right? In that one, I think that is just Bob. I don't think that's yeah. Jolly yeah, it's it's like that. Like that's definitely Bob being a dumbass. Right. So they finally get started in the first panel during gameplay. BA's just, oh, I'm going to build up Alaska and reinforce Mexico. And Bob calls, that's the fifth turn. All you've done is build up. What's going on? 
And then Brian, he's uh, making a sweep through Asia and just taking people out left and right. So, you know, my experience with playing Risk, I don't know how much you guys have played Risk. I played a lot when I was a kid. I would always be Brian, but what the person who would actually win the game was always whoever got Australia and those little islands down in the corner. And they would just put all their armies right on that one spot where there's a choke point. No one could get to them. They'd build up their armies for the whole game while you're taking over territory and spreading around. And then they would come out with like 5,000 armies on one space, and they would just destroy everything else. Yep. I don't know if that's going to happen in this strip. I'm Like when I was reading it, that's the first thing I thought. And so at this point, I'm going to say, I don't know if that's going to happen in this strip. But... <laughs> um, I would always be the Brian guy. I would be playing the game seriously, trying to win through the strategy, and there would be always someone. And and once we, once people realized you could do that with risk, that's how every fucking, every single game went exactly the same way. Yep. That always happened in our games, too. Poor game design. That's all I'm saying. Fuck risk. You do need Atlantis and mutants if you're going to play risk. Yeah. <laughs> so a little bit later, uh, Bob's trying to talk Dave into opening part of Africa off so he can move around and uh, head Brian off. And, of course, once he does that, Bob backstabs him and starts taking out Africa. Like, of course he does. Yeah. You know know what this reminded me of? Bob and Dave are like that parable about the scorpion and the frog. Yeah. Yes. Right? It's perfect. And And the frog is like, Dude, why did you betray me like that? Now we're both going to die. And it's like, because I'm a scorpion. Yeah, and Bob is, Bob is Bob. That's what he yeah. does. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can't even blame him for it. That's just who he is. Yeah. So within a, within a few uh, panels, Bob and Dave are all out war against each other, ignoring everybody else. And Bob gets a lucky streak on die rolls. And while they're doing this, Wiping each other out. Brian's slowly moving in towards Africa where they're at. Yeah, because Brian's just playing the game straight, and they're being stupid and fighting each other. Yep. But Brian doesn't have to fight anyone else because Sarah's not doing anything. Uh, BA is just holed up in North America. As if, I don't know what he thinks is going to happen there, but... Then then we have the first uh, real uh, die roll controversy in the strips. As, As Dave is rolling, Bob jinxes him. Causes oh, they're all yeah. bad, and Dave gets pissed off and actually grabs him by the shirt like we see Sarah do Dave all the time. I think it's worse, man. Look at Bob. It's like yeah. he pulled him off his chair over the table. His feet are up in the air and everything. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I missed his. I missed his feet there. Yeah. 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 It's like he's like, he yanked him right off his feet, man. Dave must be pretty strong. And of course, Sarah, who always grabs Dave by the shirt, she's like, "Take it like a man, Dave." Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. And Brian, and Brian too, which is very apropos of what happens soon. Brian's like, um, if you can't handle it, Dave, I hear there's a game of shoots and ladders going down <laughs> at Mother Crocs Preschool. <laughs> okay, Brian, well, let's see. Let's see how you handle it when things aren't yeah. quite normal. Yeah. yeah. So then Dave launches his, uh, his nukes, which... Uh, a dirty dude. Which have no effect. Which have no effect because there's a different card to block it. Yep. And uh, the thing I didn't get when that's all going down is like where Brian's like, if it's going to cause hurt feelings, maybe we should just quit. Which, I mean, I get that that sets up the jokes in the next scene or the next frame. But like for Brian to even suggest that just to me seems a little bit like. Yeah. Like he kind of sacrifices character a little bit to set up the joke, you know? Um, but the jokes are really good because it shows just how utterly stupid Bob and Dave are. Did Rommel quit before sacking the Kremlin? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. Did Alexander pack it up and go home for toppling the Ming dynasty? Yeah. I, I don't think he made it quite. The, he went a long ways to the East. I don't yeah. think he went to the Ming well, dynasty. Well, it's not like, it's not like Bob knows his history accurately anyway. Oh, yeah. So then a little bit later, while they're doing that, Brian's like, well, I've got Asia, Europe, and Africa. Sarah's sitting all nice and snug in Australia. Hmm. Oh, mm, wait, what's up with that? I wonder if Jolly played a lot of Risk, too. Yeah. 
And Bob and Dave are slugging up for I'm South America. You. Sorry, B, but it's time that our treaty ends. So he, he takes BA out quite easily, it looks like. Yeah, he's winning the game. But then on the next page, what happens? Sarah leaves Australia. Sarah leaves Australia. Wow. Who could have seen that one coming? <laughs> and I really did. I w- when I was reading this, I remember thinking, like, well, someone's just got to come out of Australia for the yeah. game, right? Like, none of this shit matters. Um, so, but the but the funny thing is, Brian, Mister, Mister, uh, you know, hey, uh, shoots and ladders is right over there. You know what happens? Yeah, he loses, so. I'm I'm so badass at this game. I'll start at a handicap. Yeah, yep, yep. So Sarah ends up pretty much wiping him out, and here we have the table flip. Yeah, I hate this stupid game. Yeah, I, yeah. Not just a table flip, but now he hates the game. Yep. <laughs> See, um, I would never game with Brian. I would never game with a guy like Brian. I would, I would like basically ask him to leave the group. Yeah. Even though my son would probably say that I'm Brian. Ha! I, I don't <laughs> think I am. <laughs> oh, I, well. <laughs> but no, yeah, I, I could never deal with somebody that was that like that toxic you know what i mean i mean he's a caricature for sure but there are people like this yeah 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 they can't stand to lose so my advice is don't try to deal with that kind of stuff in game just get him away from you kick him out of the group it's like game night fist fight it's like the local ipa like like the local ipa we should think west is getting some kind of some kind of under the table uh uh what do, what do they call that? They call it uh, promotional Kickback. consideration. Kickback. He's he's getting a little promotional consideration for this IP. Hey, we have to so. monetize this podcast somehow. You know what we should? What this puts me in mind, and what I think we should do. If you ever watched uh, Joe Bob Briggs Monster Vision on TNT years ago, he's a guy. He would like. He was kind of like. Uh, uh, they did it with Up All Night, Ronda Shear. They would show uh, TNT up all night. They would show uh, horror movies and he would like host them. Like it would show him like sitting in his little house trailer, you know, drinking Lone Star beer. And he would talk about like he's this aficionado. So he'd talk about the movies and the director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, he did it for years. And now he's actually doing it again. Like 20 years later, he's doing it for Shudder, the streaming service service. Uh, shutter but anyway that he he's like the uh really big on drive-in theater and like the uh the old uh what do they call yeah, them the, the B uh, movies yeah the, the B, B movies, movies yeah. uh the grindhouse or whatever he he would have what he called the uh joe bob drive-in totals so before he would show a movie he would say this movie has two decapitations <laughs> you know four nude scenes seven seven chainsaws you got to know what you're no. getting into right yeah but yeah yeah he would give like time. the little totals he would like list them out so we could do the same thing for a nice of dinner table we, this this issue has one table flip two tarmark <laughs> var references <laughs> yeah. you know hey, we can't talk about tarmark var oh oh yeah sorry spoiler damn it alert. dude you let the cat out of the bag spoiler alert Spoiler. All right, let's move on. No, I think you're right, though, man. That would be kind of a yeah. Maybe like we'll a, have to put it's together like a hack factor. Yeah, we'll put the hack the hack totals in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right. So table flip into next the one. table flip. Then we we'll go to the next one called "Beating the Odds," based on a story by Hal McKinney. Thanks for the story, Hal. Gives us something to talk about tonight in the back of a van. The the title of this strip is way way understating. Oh yeah, yeah. What we're talking about here, right? Yeah. Just go ahead, George. Like tee it up. Do, do your thing. All right. So uh, Bob's character, little lefty, was killed last session, so he had to come up with a new character. But uh, he's got a cleric called Nikki the Monk, and he's got. Uh, he starts looking under it and says, uh, "I've." is like, I find it strange there are no stats under 18, and if that weren't enough, you also have 18 <laughs> slash 100 strength. Oh, yeah. I was really lucky. Yeah, he says, imagine the odds. Yeah. Now. I was really floored. If 
now, now Brian down at the bottom, he says the odds are the the decimal place is in the wrong spot. So we're going to say twenty two trillion eight hundred forty six million seven hundred thirty two thousand nine hundred thirteen point five to one, and that sounds bad, but that's not accurate. I calculated out, and if you're rolling three d six, and this isn't counting the zero zero for the hundred, if you're rolling three d six, um, and you get all eighteens. That is 1 in 10 to the 17 odds of being able to do that. Depending on how you calculate, there's like slightly different ways you can think about it. Um, another way is 1 in 101, whatever is above trillion, 559 trillion, 956,668,416 to 1. To roll 6, literally, basically rolling a 6 18 times in a row, because that's what it would take to get six ability scores at 18. Now, to give you some comparison, the odds of getting struck by lightning in your lifetime is one in (laughs) 15,000. Right? Man. So think about that. How many people do you know that have ever been struck by lightning in their lifetime? Not many. And and that's one in 15,000. The odds of rolling a character with all 18s is so astronomical, it's virtually impossible. So it's roughly the odds of plugging in a USB connector the right way the first time. Somewhere along those lines. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. You know, so so when when players, and we talked about this before, like people that are like, oh, no, I just sat down and rolled four 18s. I don't think a lot of people understand just how unlikely it is right. that you can do that if you really have truly random dice and you're not cheating. Right. Or or like, oh, I didn't mean to start it. Right? Like the odds of just saying I'm gonna start right at this moment and do that are so astronomically small. Yeah, um, even just getting one eighteen, the odds are against you. They're not as astronomical, but getting one is rare getting more than one it just keeps escalating and escalating it will and, and especially when you're talking about all 18s oh hell you yeah literally have to not ever not get a six right so so anyway i just thought that and, and i was kind of you know like jolly's as lowballed some of the estimates before and like i said i don't know if that's him lowballing it which is not like a big deal a lot of people don't think about things like that right like i like in my job and everything i estimate everything and i so i apply some math to almost everything i do and how i think about everything i think about what's the probability of this and that and you know i try to assign a number to everything um and a lot of people don't think that way so they think oh it's probably about whatever and a lot of times it's not accurate right not even close um and so yeah so brian's number is seems really big but it's really doesn't it's not as high as what the number would actually be. Yeah, and Bob has the audacity to say, I have an incredible streak of luck, and you actually accuse me of cheating? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't cheat. But he, and, the, and the thing is, like, later in the strip, Bob comes back again with another character with all 18s, and then Dave has a character with all 18s, and they say... Honest BA, we used up two reams of paper and a box of number two pencils. And I'm like, And I watched him and he watched me. Like you like there's no way you're you could spend your whole lifetime trying to do that and never roll all 18s. And my dice were hot and and my witness, so it's all official. Dave was there and signed off. Yep, BA. Yeah, you know how many times you know how many times Andy and Becca have said shit like that to me? I hope they don't listen. But Becca will have like this ridiculous character, and she'll be like, "Well, Andy was there when I rolled it up." I'm like, "Yeah," and Andy will be sleeping on the couch if he tells the truth, won't he? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and down here in the bottom of that page is where you brought up where they get the I rolled so many times I got blisters. Yeah, yeah. But the but the num the odds are so low that. Although I mean, it'd be interesting. Maybe they're doing forty-six drop the, drop the, uh, one die, or five d six drop the die, or whatever. I mean, who knows? But I'm just saying, if it's roll three d six and get 
and that's what you got? Yeah, just uh, yesterday, somebody in the Castles and Crusades group asked what the odds were of the various numbers if you rolled 3d7 and counted the sevens as sixes. So using an Excel sheet, I went through that and, and listed all of that. Even rolling... It's going to be about one-third times, you know, but it's still going to be a huge number. Yeah, it's still not all that likely. No. Yeah, I, I mean, in general, people are bad at probability, right? There's There's been articles written about that that people a lot of times don't understand probability. But. Yeah, but even even doing it that way... The odds of getting an 18 are still only 2.3%. Whereas one. against 3d6, it's uh, 1 in 216, whatever that is. That's like a half a percent, basically, right? Something like that. Yeah, a little Yeah, a little, little under half a percent. Crazy. But it's hard, right? Yeah. But anyway. Um, but it doesn't, it, you know, you shouldn't have to worry about that because it's role-playing. It yeah. doesn't take good... You don't have to have good abilities to have a good character. Per Which BA starts telling them all about. <laughs> yeah. And and hey, and, and look, I wanna be I wanna be clear. Like I would never want anybody to run a character. And this is why I'm actually kind of I I'm I kind of like point by systems, right? Um or like in Cyberpunk Red where the generation basically you roll but you're going to roll within a range right so you yeah. can't like it's kind of tough to really cheat a lot or do this kind of thing but it's also tough to roll be honest and really do shitty right um because uh i mean who i i'm not in ba's camp on this i don't think players should like run characters that they don't feel good about you know or that are so weak that they're kind of pathetic and you know i mean because a lot of our lives are about just hard shit all the time. And saying there's something really attractive about role-playing about where you can be a hero and you can kick ass, and you, but there's limits in both, in both directions. You know what I mean? Right. Um, especially if some of the characters, some of the players are doing it and others aren't because then those players who are doing it are going to get, they're just going to be like head and shoulders above everybody else. Anyway. So I just thought it was interesting that the number is so high. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. And then, um, and then Brian at the end is what I was talking about before. He says, uh, there's a whole discussion about uh, some guys just aren't cut out. Because because B.A. is going on and on about Tar Markvar, who's his pathetic character. His little then, lowly thief. Lowly thief with bad ability scores, and they should have scrapped him. But he played him. Oh, yeah. And you know what's funny is Dave actually had a, a mage like this that like had like a low con and it had like a flaw or something like literally I remember playing in a, in a game at a con and Dave had this character and oh. he stopped like in the middle of a fight to sit down and rest. Yeah. He was, he was a <laughs> human mage with the weary flaw will running yeah. up with the spear. Yeah. Uh, he yeah, that, stopped and rest. Yeah. That was an ace in one year. He had like shitty spells that wouldn't be useful. in an, like this dude should never, he should be working in a library somewhere, right. Or a bookstore. Um, and, and, and to me, that's the thing. Like, why would characters that are not cut out for this stuff adventure? But Dave ran them. He, I think he kind of liked it, you know. Like, I, I had a Hackmaster game where a character had a halfling that was completely missing a leg, but had a peg leg. <laughs> and he got caught, like, uh, 200 feet from a fight once. And see, he starts going up as fast as he can, and the whole fight's over with before he even gets there. <laughs> You know, and, and to me, that kind of stuff is fun. Like if it's a demo or you're playing a little short game, you're going right. to play like an adventure or something. But like my campaigns tend to last like two years to four years. Yeah. And to think that somebody's going to play a character that for comic relief for two two years, I mean, to me, that's just kind of unreasonable. You know what I mean? Like I don't think most people would want to do it. And frankly, it'd probably get annoying after a while. So... In a short game, I think that stuff is great. But, like, if you're playing a long campaign-style thing, meh, meh. I, I prefer to start everybody on a level playing field and no no stainless steel bodies, um, no uh, drug addiction to raise your yeah. stats. And that, like, that stuff is just, like, you know. Speaking of annoying, after the end of this strip, we have 
Bob's Tips How to Be Annoying at the Gaming Table with 15 different items. Yeah, I gotta say, if anybody here. did this excessively, I probably wouldn't invite him back. I don't know. I was looking at this and I'm like, this sounds like Steve Johansson. <laughs> I wonder, I wonder Dude, if he was a handful. He was a handful at the table, right? Like, maybe, maybe he wrote some of these. I mean, oh, this, I was, bet he, this was right after uh, Jolly Join Kenzer. Did you did you notice at the bottom? I think they left this in there from the draft. It says, Dave, if you can think of any other thing for this list, go for it. I was inspired by the list you sent me. Delete any you don't think are funny. Either Jolly or Steve or somebody put that in the bottom of this list when they sent it to Dave, or it was a note from Dave to them. Oh, yeah, I'm looking at the bot, so I don't see it. Oh, no, they cover. See, that's how we know it's a mistake, because they covered up their mistake. If you look at the original... The original, um, the PDF of the original comic. Okay, I'm looking at the actual comic and I don't see it. Let me open the PDF. The, let me grab my uh, let me grab my uh, phone and grab the PDF. It's in the so it's it's interesting that it's in the PDF, but it's not in the physical comic. And the physical comic has 15 items instead of 12. Yeah, so they pro this PDF was probably their draft. And they released the, the it later as a PDF, but they cleaned it up before it went to print. Yeah, so you don't see the ones like number 13, Jabber, on and on about old adventures while the GM was talking and ask everyone else to fill you in what happened. No, but that happens a lot in my games. Yeah. <laughs> so the uh, one on the list on this PDF is that put your dice in your mouth and switch them around for good luck before you roll your to hits. That's not on the 15 list. That's not the one that got published, right? And I thought that one was like a little yeah. over the top. Yeah, number one um, in the original comic is shake your dice for 30 seconds for good luck before you roll each to hit roll. Yeah. So it looks like yep, they've added the last three, changed the first one, and that didn't get changed in the PDF. Crazy. Yeah. So, no, I didn't even realize that. I just saw it. And I thought it was funny that that note was there. Yeah. So so anyway, yeah. I mean, some of these things were kind of kind of silly, but there were a couple like like for the number three on mine, it's wear name tags to every convention you've ever attended at the game. Yeah. Why ever show you guys my collection of? Oh game? no. You'll have to bring them to the van next time. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll uh, I'm sure I'll bring them to the van I've got, next time. I've got quite a few myself, but I doubt if there are as many as you have because I know you you've been going to cons a lot longer than I have. You guys keep that shit? You don't? <laughs> so the only cool one I have, I have one that is, uh, a, it's Dave Kinzer's Gen Con, like 90 or 2006 or something. Like I played with them, Hackmaster Basic or Hackmaster. It was like 2009. Welcome to Hackmaster, like Wes. Yeah, welcome to, this was the Welcome to Hackmaster story where my character got topped or killed uh, basically the he he wasn't killed but he basically was was out of the fight with one swing this was caves of chaos yeah well uh the twin ogres so uh i was leaving that night and it was like snow like i i just happened to be in chicago for work drove out to uh coletti's place and uh we all played like dave and 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 uh and all of them came over but anyway when i was leaving I was like walking away or I was walking out of the house and Dave like wretched, he had like a 95 Avalon or something like he had this old Toyota Avalon he had driven for years and years uh, and he wretched in and he and he pulled he had like a a Gen Con name tag and he like threw it to me and it reminded me you remember the old commercial Mean Joe Green Mean Joe Green he like throws the jersey to the kid yeah I was like I, and and I wish to this day if I could go back was that a Coke time, commercial uh, it was Mountain Dew I think Mountain Dew maybe it was Coke maybe no, it was I Coke. think it was Coke maybe I'm it was Coke. Sure. yeah so if I if, if there was one thing in my life that I could go back and redo it would be that moment and I would have turned to Dave and I would have said thanks Mean Joe <laughs> but I didn't think of it, man. It didn't come to me at the time. All right. I was like, man, this is so weird. I just got a text from the intern that's listening in. That's a Coca-Cola ad from 1979. Yeah, yeah. thanks, me, I Joe. Remember, 
I remember seeing that ad though. Like, yeah, and when you were talking about that, that he threw, he turned and threw. That's the first thing I thought. Man. Yeah. Thanks, thanks, Big Beef. <laughs> that doesn't sound right, but yeah, you know I, mean? I still have it. Sometimes I put it on for good luck when I'm when I'm role playing. When I'm no way. Rolling a dice, no way. I put it on. I'm like, Dave's with me, man. Oh, like, that's I, funny. Yeah. That's hilarious. Maybe that's why your characters keep dying in Steve's game. They do die. Uh, they do die. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's my. It's your devil may care. Yeah, I, don't know I don't know why it is, man, but you always die in my campaigns. And usually it's not even your fault. Because so. I don't I, cheat. Everybody else cheats. Everybody else would be dying, but they cheat. To me, a good death is as good as a. Oh, yeah. Is, is something cool, yeah. Now, yeah, you're one of those sad, not. sad players that just doesn't know how to win. <laughs> and now for a word from this episode's sponsor does dice rolling bum you out hey man they fell off the table are those stupid plastic blocks getting in the way of your game (laughs) ha 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 that's a leaning lucy well come and get some chits That's right, folks. Darkwood Studios presents Game Chits. You're not old school unless you've got the chits. Not sold in stores. Next strip is a short one, only three pages long, called Can't Buy Me Luck. Story suggested by Richard Bartle. Well, I mean, no offense, Richard. It's not like it was a bad idea. I don't know. It just was like uh, the dice cleansing stuff and luck and all that. I'm not that superstitious. Um, I never even cared about dice. Zipsy got me to even give a fuck about what dice I have. And now I have like a set of dice. Anytime I run a character, I have a specific set of dice for that character. You but, should, at yeah. minimum, you should have a different set for each genre. At minimum, but oh, you have one yeah. for each character, then awesome. Yeah, like if in in and it's usually based on whatever game I'm playing. So like if it's Rhyme of the Frostmaiden, I add all Christmas and snow and frost dice, you know. And of course, I have my GM loadout, which is almost all completely Black Oak Workshop dice. The official dice of Radio Free Muncie, Black Oak yep. Workshop. Damn right. Yeah. So I mean, I just like torpedoed the whole strip. But go ahead, like go over it. Bob's on a bad uh, streak of bad luck over several game sessions. He fumbles against an orc that crits and decapitates him. And then they start talking about the dice purges and the fame rubs and all that stuff. One of my favorite quotes in this strip is Brian saying, resurrecting that character would be an act of cruelty. (laughs) (laughs) And then by the end of it, uh, B.A.'s rolls like five fumbles in one combat. Or, yeah, the fifth fumble since Bob's purging while they're fighting a dragon. They do mention Johnny Kaczynski, a pivotal... Oh, yeah, that's his first mention, isn't it? I'm not sure. Well, in the comics, I don't know if he's in any of the, uh, like, Dragon Magazine articles in that. I want to say he came up in issues like three or four, but that's a good question. I like this one panel. For crying out loud, Earl the One. As you tried to raise your crossbow, you fumbled one bolt, hits Brian's character in the back, the other one kills the torchbearer. Dude, you killed Nobbyfoot. He was a more effective fighter than your character. <laughs> you know, that made me think of the one, I think it was way back in one of the Dragons or maybe one of the early issues where they have the crit tables and he fumbles with his crossbow and, like, shoots Brian in the back of the head, and then Brian's yeah. fireball goes up and blows up and all that. I thought it was going to go down that path, but then it just didn't. And then this is earlier when I said that ended abruptly. This was actually the strip I was thinking of. This one ends, like, just, like, with no no real payoff. But the next one makes up for it. Oh, yeah. The next strip yeah, this is the uh, final strip in the comic. Agent of Evil, story suggested by Christopher Heath once again, and Mark Stower. Now, this is uh, what we're talking, also kind of matches the one letter about the hand of Vecna where the group goes after the head of Vecna. 
Wait a second. In the beginning, you know. Oh, hell yeah. That letter was from Mark Stower. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And, and the thing is, like, I I remember this strip, and I remember that that the, that whole story about the head of Vectra or Vecna or whatever, and, and, and I remember this strip being here. I just... I, I misremembered it because I thought this was just something that Jolly made up and, and the source was the KODT. But it turns out that, no, it came from this guy um, that apparently it happened in their game. And, like, kudos to that GM because that's yeah, it's pretty fucking funny. Uh, no, you got some pretty dumb players, too. But yeah. No offense, Mr. Stoyer. But. And this strip here is what uh, the characters played in the live action shoot. Yeah. Yep. Right. In the KODT, yeah. Now, a little trivia about the live-action shoot. When they were getting ready to shoot this, they didn't have a map. So Mr. Craig Zipsy of Black Oak Workshop <laughs> took a poster down and drew up a map, a, a map on the spot for it. And I don't know what happened to that map. I'd like to have that. Man, that reminds me of the story of Bill Joy creating, like, going, it's like, hey, you want me to create a a new computer language, boom. I just do it over the weekend. It's Zipsy, man. It's a, it's a level of talent that I can't even comprehend. Oh, dude, Zipsy's, Zipsy's got so many... Um, he's, like, just an artist. Like, yeah. I mean, not even, like, a painter. He's just an artist. I, I feel like he can do... He can do just about anything. He can make almost anything. Yeah. So in this one, uh, after uh, lots of campaign time, they're uh, looking for the the chamber of Vectra to find the hand of Vectra, which is obviously taken off of the first edition Vecna character. So old uh, Brian cast a bash door to get the chamber open, and there it is on a pedestal, a severed hand. And they're all, yes, we finally found it. And that's when the mayhem, mayhem ensues. Well, I love how Dave just like, hacks his hand off before yeah. like BA is even done with the I mean BA hasn't said anything about which hand it like no descriptive text just that it's there and he's like he just hacks his hand right off and then and then Brian does the same thing and I gotta tell you man like anytime a DM can set it up to where the players are essentially killing themselves that's like <laughs> DM heaven yeah that's like the funnest thing in the world to watch players just like destroy themselves I don't know. It's just like, it's like setting the ultimate trap, you know? Yep, so Dave's immediately going to slice his hand off and grab it. Uh, Brian's like, nope, I'm closer. I grab my axe and hack off my hand. That's going here. And of course, while they're, they start uh, a little tongue-tied there, Dave has them roll, roll off for initiative. And while they're doing that, Bob's like, I'm going to grab the hand and auction it off to the highest bidder. Did, did you notice, though, like, well, actually, maybe I missed it. Um, yeah, because B.A. Um, BA asks which hand it is, right? And I felt like he was kind of throwing it to Brian at that point, wasn't he? Like, yeah, cause, wasn't that kind of an unfair thing to do? Because he, he knew Brian would have read all this shit and Dave wouldn't. Like, he's just kind of stirring the pot yeah. here, right? Is, yeah. is B.A. enjoying this maybe a little too much? Like, well, Legitimate question, but yeah, it's, that definitely puts the favor in Brian's court. Corsair is like, you guys are actually dueling to see who can main themselves first? As she tends to be later the only voice of reason, that's an evil relic, we need to destroy it. Well, she's into role-playing, not power gaming. Right, right. right. That's right. I, I just love B.A. through this whole strip, man. He's like... This is this is where Jolly says like BA is the manipulator. He's manipulating these guys so bad. And he just keeps kind of mentioning, oh, um, you guys are losing blood, five hit points of damage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And in the one in the one where Bob is like, oh, Bob's artifact auction, BA's like, hmm, this is getting yeah. interesting. But his face isn't like uh, oh, I never saw this coming. It's oh, more like oh, oh. Yeah, oh, wow, this is fun. This would happen. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, Dave offers up uh, a lot of money and his magic cow. This stupid cow. But you notice, like, this is where Brian, and and, and I think we talked before about how Brian had to to be redeemed at some point in the future. It's a long ways in the future, but because Brian is a freaking asshole, right? (laughs) 
Like he's yeah. basically yeah. threatening to beat Bob up. Yeah, here's my bed, my fist in your face, Bob. Bob, yeah. Like he's threatening to beat him up. He's flipped the table. They've got into fights and like, like what a dick, man. Like he just, if he doesn't get exactly what he wants, he just gets violent. What's up with that? What's up with that, George? Huh? Are you like that? I think oh, you're like that. absolutely. Now, I think he feels entitled that his character is one that did all the research to find it, so he should automatically get it. There's some truth to that. Like, yeah. But still, violence is never acceptable. Oh, no. Unless I get really pissed off and I'm doing the violence. Then it, then it's, right. You know. Or if you're a murder hobo in one of the nights. Of course, Bob, want, Bob wants to go with Day's bid because he really can't pass up that magic cow. <laughs> The magic cow. Yeah, of course. Uh, Dave's like, deal. Will you take take my hackmaster and cut off the other hand so it could use it? And of course, he fumbles and cuts his arm off at the shoulder. <laughs> He's just got yeah. little arms. Cut off. Yeah, that's just such a great visual, man. Like, yeah. Anyway, and of course, yeah. Dave says you did that on purpose. Like he rolled a d twenty on the table and purposely got a one. Yeah. 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 Well, but the thing is, was he talking to Bob or was he talking to B.A. who said, you cut it off at the shoulder? Because there are lots of ways yeah. he could have fumbled. Yeah, that that's true. Nearly as funny as cutting his arm off instead of his wrist, right? Yeah, when I, when I read that, I immediately thought he was blaming the Bob. And the thing is, this is where it's like, it's almost like, like B.A. is pushing the hand to Brian. Because... Not only did he did he ask the question and set up the thing where Brian had the advantage, here he's literally thwarting Dave. Mm-hmm. Right? So is BA is like what's BA's play here, man? Like is yeah. he, does he know what he's doing or is this easy really just like letting the dice fall and it's whatever. And the way BA is such kind of a you know, the way he does things, like I could see him like Let's put the hands in the responsible player, not in the guy that wants to just run around with a big-ass sword. I don't know. Yeah, so Bob uh, takes the hand and attaches it to his thumb, saying, maybe it's magic. Maybe it'll grow you a new arm. And Bay's like, uh, sorry, but you don't get a new arm. You just got a hand protruding from your shoulder joint. <laughs> <laughs> and then Brian's like, well, I guess I'll go hack the hand off. It's not like he can do anything to me. Yeah, and Bob's like, uh, "Sorry, I meant well. I guess you won't need your sword back, Snicker." Yeah, so he's gonna keep his sword. Remember the whole scorpion and the frog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's like their nicknames now. Bob is the scorpion. Dave is the frog. <laughs> and then it goes hours later, and VA tells him the the healer gives him a group discount, reattaches hands, resurrects Bob. In, uh, and then he throws in free incense and yeah. temple literature. Yeah. And, and of course, Bob is like immediately, oh, I got dibs on yeah. the free incense. Like, <laughs> and Dave's like, well, somebody pay him. I can't get to my coin pouch at the moment. Yeah, this, this he's got is the, such a great strip. Oh, and then we finally hear that Sarah was able to destroy it. And then, uh, well, everybody else was probably messed up. Yeah, right? yep. And then that's uh, where uh, Brian mentions, well, maybe we can uh, follow that rumor about the head of Vectra, which is directly from the, the letter that Mark Stoyer right. sent in. Yeah. Yeah, like closes the loop all the way back. No, this is this is a great. I mean, if this story has really happened at the table, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, like you would have to have like a certain group of players that were that desperate to get a magic item that they would risk this kind of thing. Um but then this strip is just a great job just turning it into a narrative. Yeah, this is a classic. This is like a real classic of KODT. It is. But then we've got yeah. uh, a page of the idea search. Which I think this is really cool. I um, I actually submitted a, uh, a little thing, a one-panel strip a long time ago. And I had to, I had to like, take a screen grab of a frame and then, like, clean it up and everything. I would have loved to have something like this where I could just, like, use it as a template. Yep. So what is it? I'm not – it's not in the bot, I guess. No. Oh, right, because you're using the bot. No, it's like – yeah, it's like a thing where they're just, like, the characters with their heads in different positions. Oh, and they, yeah. And you can just write in the, the, the um, word bubbles. Awesome. Yeah. 
And then here we. I mean, it's clear. It's clear that Jolly at this point, where he's transitioning to like a monthly magazine, yep. is like really needing ideas, right? I mean, I think we saw that with uh, with all the stories or ideas from people, and and I'm kind of curious as we're going forward, like when does it kind of become like a self, like a serial, uh, yeah. You know, where it's like an because I think it becomes like an engine at a certain point where yeah. the story is just telling itself and Jolly can just like keep rolling it forward. But at this point, there's no inertia. There, there's right. no there's yeah. no long term story. There's not a ton of character development, right? And um and he's just like looking oh. for ideas. Oh wow, and even here, even though uh Kensrin Company was in the Chicago area, it says here to send your story ideas to Monroe. Pike, Marion, Indiana. Yeah, so he hadn't even moved. He hadn't even moved to Illinois yet. Yeah, to Washington. Yeah. And then we have, uh, for the first time, Brian's picks. Got a yep. uh, cartoons. Of- like game reviews. He he still does. He, he these are still in there. You know, they're just like games. Like, hey, check this out. Right, and some of these are uh, like. Looks like these here are just comics so far. Uh, it's a gamer's life, myth of yore. There are uh, collections of gamer cartoons. Then the uh, the collected works of Yamara from Dragon Magazine. And the last one is about collectible dice dueling RPG game called Throwing Stones. Yeah. So they're just like little little game. I like I like how Brian's got his little uh, dice bag on his belt. Yeah. He's always ready. Um. The parting shots. So now, personally, I think this parting shots is not that great. It's um, it's like the chalkboard from The Simpsons. Yeah, and it's fine, you know. But oh, yeah. I, I will say this: what parting shots turned into is like one of my favorite parts of the magazine. Yeah. Oh, just like the yeah. Yeah, like I, I mean, a lot of times when I get a, a new KOT, first thing I do is look at the parting shots. Yep, me too. I I just page through it just to see kind of what, get an idea of what's in the entire thing. And then I read parting shots and go back. Yep. And, and, and parting shots led to one of my favorite bits ever. And I've told Jolly this and it was Hackbook. Oh yeah. God, I love Hackbook. The dungeon Facebook thing. Yeah. Like, oh my God, that was my favorite, favorite, um, little bit that he did at the end man it just cracked me up so much um but anyway so this this parting shots is clearly like the pilot episode yeah but it gets a lot better yeah yeah it's just a list of all the stuff bart simpson writes on the blackboard at the opening sequence yeah and then subscription thing and then the last thing is useless crap the only thing is um uh, the B.A. Felton lapel pin, man, I would love to get one of those. I don't know if one of those is still floating around Because out there, I'm but... the GM. They're... You don't yeah. see these every day. No, you don't. Yeah, man, that would be freaking cool to to get a hold of one of those. I wonder if yeah, we got any left back anybody's... in the warehouse. Yeah, I wonder if anybody actually oh, yeah, still and has here, one. And it's got uh, issues one through four on the back in it. By this time, issue one, they were all gone. Which is not very long after this all coming out. So. No, it's pretty quick, actually. Well, yeah. but, you know, did, did you guys notice? I actually I forgot to mention this. Um, speaking of like issue number one and all that, did you notice that um, in the thing they talk about Shadis and the first issue of Shadis only had 50, 50 uh, copies? I no. did not. So this whole thing started from a self-published magazine that had 50 copies. That Jolly and Barb assembled in their apartment. Yep. First print run of 50 issues to the longest-running gaming magazine slash comic ever. Ever. I don't know, man. No. I, when I saw that, when I was reading the editorial of Madman and I saw that, I mean, it just kind of like... like Man, it's a big accomplishment. Yeah, it's yeah. a huge, huge, oh, huge yeah. accomplishment. So yep. to be, 
You know, like I, I, I watched a lot of soccer and people talk about the greatest soccer players and all that, but there's guys like Leo Messi and it's not because they're great in one game. It's because they've been great in every game for the last 15 years. You know what it's I mean? It's like freaking Malcolm Young, man. Everybody yep. knows Angus Young, but Malcolm, man, he laid the freaking riffs down that will be played a thousand years from now. Yeah. People will be yep. playing, you know, Hell's Bells. But yep. There's just the con- there's something about the consistency of, and you know we've mentioned before about like Jolly has this kind of work ethic that that like I I don't even have even though I work from home like um, to just like consistently produce a product of of this kind of quality and it started from that and it's just like yeah you know yeah the the you're uh, supposed to do uh, you're supposed to do air quotes when you say work from home yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, first KODT was in Shadis issue number two. And he was hoping then it was just a one-time thing and he'd have enough for the next one, and that didn't happen. Well, I mean, regardless of the content, the guy's been publishing a magazine. Oh, yeah. He started self-publishing with 50 issues, and, and it grew. And it's gone up and down over the years and that sort of thing, like everything does, but he just keeps doing it, and it's consistently good. Yeah. You know? Sometimes great, sometimes awesome, but consistently good. Yeah. And I mean, that that's like a different thing than just like hitting something out of the park once. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, it, and in a lot of ways, it's it's a lot harder. Oh, yeah. In my opinion. It's like you got to be like Carl Malone carrying the mail. You got to be delivering. That To me, that's Jolly. Jolly has been doing this for a long time, very consistently high standard. And I think that's uh, – I just wanted to call that out. Yeah, give him some props. Uh, I, I give him a lot of shit. I want to give him some props. Oh yeah. Anyway, man, we should probably get out of here. I think it's about last call. We've been doing this yeah, for a while. Now. Yeah, let's go in and get a, get a final beer before we hit the road. Yeah, let's, let's get let's get tie. Let's get another beer in us before we go driving home. Exactly. Exactly. We will get an Uber. That's the good thing about Ubers, man. They're everywhere now. Yeah, and then we can yeah. just get a ride back in the morning to get the van. But at least right. I'm not going to worry about that. That's Wes's problem. It won't be the first time. And that's the advantage of having a shitty old van. You don't have to worry about somebody jacking it. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't even notice, hey, right? Yeah. Like, no, oh, they may think we abandoned it. stripped down, they probably bring it back. they take yeah. it for a day and bring it oh, back. Oh, shit, they I don't want this. It, bring it back. I don't even want to pay to get rid of this thing. Oh, God, this thing's horrible. Here, I filled the gas tank up for you. <laughs> so, <laughs> but you clearly have it worse than me. Yeah, <laughs> but at least she's on the road again. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, we are rolling. Thanks for listening to Radio Free Muncie. If you have a comment, you can leave it at our anchor site, or you can email us at radiofreemuncie at gmail.com. See you next time.